1 Timothy 5, verses 1 and 2. These are God's words. Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, with all purity. So for the reading of God's word, as we come into this chapter, the apostle is still teaching Timothy how to maintain his authority. Uh, Timothy, we saw in verse 11 of chapter 4, was to command and to teach that exercising in godliness that comes from proper doctrine. And then verse 12, he was not to allow anyone to disregard him and his ministry. Uh, the mechanism for his maintaining his authority uh, was that he would be an example to all and that his progress would be evident and the Lord would bless the means of grace not only to him as he used his word to make Timothy an example, but then using Timothy as the minister of those means to others, he would bless them as well. So we have a combination of those things now in verses 1 and 2, the ministry of the means of grace, uh, that Timothy should uh, teach and command, and the manner in which he teaches and commands. Uh, do not rebuke, but exhort. Now this word that is translated rebuke here is a word that comes from a root that means to give blows. It reminds us of the proverb that warns that some People's words are like sword thrusts. Uh, it is a uh, denouncing sort of rebuke. Uh, and uh, it has a harshness uh, and a tearing down uh, connotation to it. Something that you shouldn't do with an older man. But notice that the, the prohibition, do not rebuke, and the requirement, but exhort, actually belongs not just to the older man, but to the younger men, and to the older women, and to the younger women. Uh, and so this manner of exhortation uh, by the minister uh, of, um, uh, of not an attack uh, or a tearing down, but an exhortation uh, is not just something that is with respect to older men, it's with respect to everyone in the congregation. And this is instructive to all of us, not just ministers, because, as we just said, the minister is an example uh, in this. Now, the word that's translated exhort is uh, the same as in chapter 4 and verse 13, uh, where he was told uh, to give attention to reading and exhortation and doctrine, um, which loosely in that context would mean the reading of the word, the preaching of the word, the teaching uh, of the word. And in preaching, then, bringing the word to bear in every necessary way, a focus on application. Uh, it's uh, related to the word that is often translated helper, but can be translated many different ways, uh, but is often translated helper with respect to the Holy Spirit, who is... Uh, unto us whatever sort of help that we need. Uh, and so uh, the word in the lips of the minister is to be a help to everyone, not a hurt and not an attack. Now sometimes uh, that does include uh, correction uh, or 
um, uh, or rebuke, uh, but the manner it is given is as an assistance. Uh, for instance, you remember Matthew 18, and telling your brother his fault, but you're doing it what? In, a, uh, in an attempt to regain your brother, not in an attempt to attack him. Uh, Galatians 6, uh, that if anyone is caught in a sin, those who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Um, and so this is commanding a respectful manner of speech, particularly for the one uh, who is to be uh, teaching and correcting and applying, uh, and as an example to all of us, so that we would all have this manner of speech with one another. Uh, now, it is particularly convicting for us uh, to read what he says here when he says, uh, you should know how to speak to one another and to others in the household of God by the way that you speak to others in your own home. Uh, now, dreadfully, for many families, uh, this would be horrible. Uh, the way that they speak to one another at home is not controlled by respect and honor, whether from natural affection and good order in the home or from the grace of God working in the heart uh, of believers in believing households. Many households, uh, they speak to one another uh, with a uh, hostility and despising uh, that uh, people at church would be shocked to hear them use towards others in the church. Uh, and so even the, the standard being the manner of conduct in the home uh, is convicting and instructive here. And it reminds us that the ones who are supposed to be leading the church, uh, both the ones who lead in the means of grace, the overseers, the elders, and the ones who lead in the ministry of material things, the deacons, uh, they are to be godly leaders of their own household and their household. Uh, ought to be a godly place. Uh, we read and heard uh, about that in chapter 3, and especially verses 4 and 5 for the elders. The respectful manner in the household uh, that an elder leads is an indicator of the kind of ministry and fruit that he hopes to have in God's church. Now, older men and older women are owed a great deal of respect indeed. Uh, because our culture does not honor father and mother uh, the way even pagan cultures uh, have known to do uh, by the law of God written on um, uh, on the hearts, on the consciences of all men, uh, we have a difficult time uh, appreciating the amount of respect that is being co commanded when it says, exhort him as a father in verse 1, or uh, verse 2, older men, women as mothers. Uh, but we do know, and we have recently studied the fifth commandment together, uh, and the great amount of honoring and respect uh, that is due to a father or to a mother, uh, and uh, what an impression it ought to make upon us to be among a congregation uh, in which the minister, the elders, uh, are treating the older men and older women like fathers and mothers should be treated according to the Bible, uh, and the rest of the congregation is following them in that. Uh, what a pleasant place it would be uh, for the elderly to be at church then and uh, be constantly attended to and respectfully spoken to uh, with 
uh, with countenances, facial expressions of, uh, of love and affection and respect and honor and appropriate titles and manners uh, in addressing them to show them great honor the way a child should with his father or with, with uh, his mother. Um, for us, it almost might better convey the sense of the text if we said with reverence, do not rebuke uh, an older man, but exhort him with reverence as a father. Uh, and uh, exhort older women with reverence uh, as mothers. Certainly the sort of honoring that the Bible teaches us about father and mother uh, is appropriately described uh, as addressing and interacting with them uh, with a form of reverence. Uh, and that is what is being commanded uh, with respect especially uh, then to the older men and women in the church. Similarly, younger men and younger women are not to be spoken down to. Uh, there's an imbalance in the phrasing. Uh, it says, exhort older men as fathers and older women as mothers. Uh, and then you would expect, uh, if it was directly uh, parallel, younger men as children <laughs> or sons. Uh, and younger women as daughters, uh, which is not an unkind way to speak. No one should be unkind to his son or to his daughter. Uh, and yet, uh, Paul is telling Timothy not to speak to younger men as sons, but as brothers. Not to speak to younger women as daughters, uh, but as sisters. Uh, and so there is a uh, a respect talking to them uh, as on your level. Uh, not talking down to them uh, as being uh, lesser than you. So this is extra respect that he is being instructed to give in the manner of speech, even to those who are lesser by age and lesser by office. But they should not be treated in a manner that conveys that they are lesser, but rather that they have a like, equal, precious faith. Uh, as the Apostle Peter says to those to whom he writes. A minister or elder in the church should be setting the example for others and the tone for the whole of the congregation of not speaking down to anyone in the congregation at all. If he is speaking with reverence to those who are older and uh, does not speak down to, but on the level, uh, on the same level, uh, to those who are younger, and how excellent will be the spirit of a congregation which has this type of man in leadership, these type of men in leadership, uh, and therefore are following uh, in that sort of speech with one another, how different they would be from the world, which is always joking and ribbing and um, uh, and using the type of speech that is often condemned in Proverbs, uh, but is quite common uh, even among those who profess faith. Uh, and it's quite common even in conservative um, uh, churches, sadly, uh, where uh, poking fun is considered just being silly uh, and being friendly uh, and always speaking with reverence and kindness and respect is considered to be over formal and uptight. Well, we will not say 
that the type of speech that is commanded by the Spirit of God for his church is overly formal or uptight. Uh, rather, uh, let us consider it to be spiritual and gracious and Christ-like, uh, and uh, let us seek to at least ourselves uh, only speak in the way that Timothy the elder here is commanded to speak as an example to the rest of the congregation. Finally, we have that phrase at the end of verse 2, which gives a special um, uh, consideration that is to be made for the younger women in the congregation, uh, and that is with purity, and not just with purity, but there is that tiny little word with the great big meaning, all purity. Uh, Younger women are uh, to be treated as holy, especially sacred to God, uh, and their purity as of utmost value uh, to the church, um, so that effort is made to protect them from any hint or possibility uh, of impurity. So uh, a man, uh, and especially a minister, but any man uh, should not have uh, an overly familiar uh, interaction with them, as if there is some intimacy there. Uh, that either suggests an intimacy uh, to others or uh, that provokes an intimacy uh, in the heart or mind of the young lady. Uh, But her actual purity is so important that he would not want to provoke her uh, to having uh, a too intimate uh, idea of her relationship with him. And the reputation of her purity would be important to him so that he does not want to give the impression to others that they are overly familiar. No, he would speak uh, with great respect uh, to her as a sister, but especially with this consideration at the end of the verse, with all purity. When ordinary interaction in the church occurs with extraordinary respect, then the Lord blesses it, by making the words of commandment or teaching or application on the lips of the elders to be more weighty and effective. And the exhortation comes home with much more effect than even a much more intensely given rebuke would have. Praise God for his design for how we are to interact in our home, and may he help us to speak respectfully to one another so that we actually would be able to say we should really speak to people in the church family the way we speak to people in our own family, the way that the apostle does here. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, how we thank you for giving us this portion of your word. We do pray that you would bless it to us. Help us by your spirit. O Lord, we feel quite keenly that no man can tame the tongue, but you are not a man, you are God. And so we pray that you would tame our tongues, that you would rein them in, that we would speak always respectfully and lovingly and gently, that uh, all week long would be practice in the kind of honoring speech uh, that we would hope to then be able uh, to employ in addressing our brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers in the congregation Uh, Lord, we pray for reformation of the conduct uh, of our church uh, and that you would especially help uh, the the leadership of the church 
to speak only in the way that is commanded here of the elders. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.